There have never been more options for your next vehicle, but the right choice has never been clearer. That's because Toyota has a high-performing hybrid built for your exact needs, like the stylish all-new Camry XSE Hybrid and Venza, the spacious Highlander and all-new Sienna with more cargo space, and the fuel-efficient and high-performing RAV4 Hybrid. Toyota hybrids save you time and money, filling up less often at the gas station. And of course, all with 10-year, 150,000-mile warranty on new models. Take the next step. Visit Toyota. Toyota.com slash hybrid or your local Toyota dealership to learn more. ¿Qué tal amigos? Mi nombre es Roman Rojas y Tremenda Vaina es el podcast donde te contamos cuatro historias que desafían la realidad. De las cuatro historias solamente una es mentira. ¿Cuál será? En el último episodio de Tremenda Vaina te contamos de un muchacho en China que vendió una parte de su cuerpo para comprarse un iPad. ¿Será verdad? ¿Será mentira? Suscríbete en iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify o tu plataforma favorita. También nos puedes seguir en Twitter, Instagram o Facebook. El mundo enfrenta una pandemia. Encuentre respuestas y acceda a información veraz y confirmada en el especial de NTN24 sobre coronavirus COVID-19. Escuche los contenidos de NTN24 en su plataforma de podcast favorita. Total Wine and More now offers curbside pickup and same-day delivery in Northern Virginia. Have great finds at great prices delivered right to your car or to your door. It's easy to discover the more ways Total Wine and More has you covered at TotalWine.com. Okay, guys. School's back. All the little kids are taking pictures, pre-K, kindergarten, senior year. My question to you is, what was your favorite subject in school? Jamie. Um, well, I went to Catholic school, so um, religion, religion classes were always my favorite because I could always cheat from the Bible. It was just so easy. Oh, okay. <laughs> And then if I didn't have the Bible, I could just always guess, okay, what would Jesus do? Yeah. <laughs> Rachel? Um, my favorite subject or class was lunch because I never wanted to attend that filthy, disgusting fucking cafeteria. So I was always a monitor for somebody very important in the school who was always in meetings. So I basically got to use this computer and talk on the phone for 60 minutes. Wow. It was great. Well, for me, it was Spanish. I went to an all Blanquito school and I still took Spanish and I still ended up getting a C. And Disgraceful. You, yeah. Carmen? Uh, let's see. For sure, it was history class. I liked history, but uh, in the eighth grade, my history teacher was my homeroom teacher, and he was a legally blind man. So <laughs> he had no muscles in his eyelids, all right? So, you know, homeroom was lit. How does it work? Okay, he had these thick, thick glasses, right? And he would reach, like, above the glasses, right, and pull his eyebrows up from beneath the oh, glasses. Oh, hell no. no hell no. As fuck. Mr. D. I would transfer right away. Mr. D. And you know what? Unfortunately, We called him Chester the Molester. Porque se hacía el blind, you know, yeah, like really handsy. Okay. Yo, 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 Someone answer me that? What is that? And well, why? We, well, we figured Frank's not here. Frank is like the super hype man. So we were trying to figure out what can, you know, even it out. And we figured maybe, you know, farm animals. Farm I think animals. that was a bad choice. 
yeah, man, they're they're ruining the environment. Those cows and their farts. I just felt like but I was, was it a somewhere goat? else. Maybe it was like the goat. Like it was sh- the sound effects were like were the greatest. If you would have gotten some, maybe like the goats yelling like humans, yeah. then maybe that would have worked. Cause I could watch that video fifty fucking times oh! in a row. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, hi. This is the Latinos Out Loud podcast, episode 116, a.k.a. The Return. Now, it's a return for us because we haven't been here for a month, but we've actually been putting out episodes, so I don't think people really missed us that much because if they've been listening to the show, it's like, You've heard our voices. Yeah, you guys had new things coming out, even though it wasn't official (laughs) episodes. So I don't know if they miss us that much, but I miss seeing you guys. You Thank too. you. Yeah, that's sweet. It. That's mm-hmm. awesome of you. I miss you guys too. But yeah. I saw you guys a lot this summer. All of you. Yeah. And okay. Hi. By the way, I'm Rachel La Loca. Hi, I'm uh, Juan Bago. Jay first. And special mm. guest filling in for Dealing Frank Nibs, Miss Carmen Mendoza. <laughs> it's me. Welcome. Thank Welcome. you. Thank you for having me. Yes. Good thing Frank. Uh, you know. Well, Frank is upstate. <laughs> he's actually um, shooting a short film. Oh, so he's way right. upstate. Yeah, so okay. I almost um, didn't make it, y'all. Yeah? I told you that subway. I even like recorded it in my voice memos. They're not going to believe me that the train, what someone happened? pulled. You know the huge, uh, you know, the, what was the announcement? Someone has pulled the emergency brake, but uh, we don't know why. We're investigating those freaking investigations. There was a guy that was doing that on the regs like a couple months ago. Oh, uh-huh. so right. He got caught. Yeah. Right, he got caught. He got caught, but now it's like a copycat. Like, you Good know you're going to be there for a long fucking time. Good Lord. I started tearing up. I kid you not. I was crying. But, you know, it felt good afterward. <laughs> no. So, wait, are you think that, like, Frank has something to do with it? I think so. I'm I don't like, know, man. Is Frank upstate? Frank trying to sabotage <laughs> no. me? He probably got one of his hardcore fans. He's like, yo, I need you to get on this train and pull it. So she won't make the show. Yo, I know this girl from the MTA, yo, and like whatever she wants. You know I that want MTA? You definitely know somebody. That <laughs> MTA is like the mafia. You know somebody directly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Frank was saying for a while, he's like, oh, these pilots have been following him on Instagram. What kind like, of pilots? Pilot? Yeah, like freaking pilots. Like the pilots that see the UFOs and Probably, then they can't see anything. They follow Frank. Frank does like sends me screenshots like, yo, that's like the ninth pilot that's following me on Instagram. <laughs> And they're like because DMing me and stuff. I'm like, yo. He's got to get a scoop from them, like, in you know. He, we, we've got to get a live testifier. Knowing Frank, he's going to call him on the phone. Like, he's the only person that calls his fans. <laughs> well, get us some buddy passes, son. <laughs> no, we'll have a recording, but we'll have to alter their voice because they don't want to be heard. And so they'll be like, oh, yeah, I know what's going on in Area 51. <laughs> but what if you altered their voice to, like, something heinous? I don't know. Like... <laughs> like a goat. <laughs> like a goat? Yeah. Sounding like a human pie. Then Rachel be like, what is this ghost shit? <laughs> <laughs> bad choice. I mean, I'm going to be blatant and upfront about it. Yep, it was a bad choice. So how's everything else? Welcome, huh? everybody. Yeah. How's everything else? Why do you have to say it like that? Like, hi, Bendy. Don't but what happened? Going <laughs> What's going on with you? Well, I just want to say that I had a little bit of a scare on Friday. Because I don't know if you were aware, there was a huge uh, blackout with the internet. Mm. Optimal, mm. optimum, well, optimal, optimum, optimist, 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 optimist prime. Uh, so the, only in the Bronx? No, it happened in Connecticut and New Jersey. But it happened in New York. Everyone that I knew in the Bronx. Had yeah, it happened. Yeah, because I think we don't have options. We yeah. only have that. Like, right. Some people have Damn. files. We don't. We're stuck. I have Spectrum. Yeah. Spectrum. And they stink, too. They suck. Man, Balls. it's terrible, yeah. So the, so the internet went out like at 7 o'clock. So right away I was hitting up Sophie. Like, yo, did you pay the bill? 
And then uh, I'm on social media, <laughs> and that's the same thing. Everybody thought, like, yo, like, I pay my bill and everything. And, like, you, even the borough president of the Bronx was, like, tweeting. He's like, yo, what's going on? Like, to Spectrum? You, direct yeah, tweet? Spectrum. To was, Optimum. Optimum. Uh. They were like, yo, what's going on? Your customers are worried. They were, yo, you should have read some of the tweets they were going after them. But I think my conspiracy is, is that they didn't tell anybody because they wanted to make sure that some of the people that don't pay their bill yeah. was going to pay it and then announce it like Ooh, five hours later. Well played, Optimum. So, well played. But I caught myself like Friday night. There was like nothing to do because there was no internet. Yeah, and you, you can't even stream and chill music. And all you can do is just chill. Yeah. So what did you end up doing? I took out my VHS uh, player and then uh, I watched a movie. What movie did you watch on VHS? Uh, Wedding Crashers? Uh, on VHS? Yeah. <laughs> no, it got to be an older movie than that. Come on. You're just embarrassed. What did you watch? Like Jaws? I don't know. Police Academy 2. <laughs> I'm, I'm more curious that you still have a VHS player. You don't throw those things away. There's some tapes that you Yo, have. that might be worth something. Yo, like, hold on yeah. to that. Oh, my God. You know, yeah. in, a, in a couple of years, the kids are going to be like, I got this VHS player. You know, they're going to have like a collection of like, oh, VHS yeah. tapes. Oh, no, we're having a VHS oh, party. Right. You know? Right. The millennials. Forget record the, players. The, VHS players. The hipsters are going to yeah. be into VHS soon. <laughs> so it didn't affect you, Jamie? You, you it didn't because I'm, I'm, I'm still in the Heights. I'm still technically Manhattan. So... Uh, but my mother was calling me like, Mira, how you work this TV? And I'm like, it's not the TV. There's like some crazy shit happening in the in, on, uh, on the cable networks. But uh, And plus, I don't even, I don't pay for cable. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> moving on. Are you jacking somebody's cable? What? How do you do that? I love it. I don't know. You get the Wi-Fi from someone else? The Wi-Fi? Yeah. No, no, the no. Wi-Fi. I don't know. Jamie's building a setup like mad antiquated old school. Like, you got that, like, thing. Oh, tell us about that stick on your door. I have never seen some shit like that. That police alarm. Technically, I don't it? know. It might be illegal to talk about it, but um, <laughs> I got an old school police lock where it's like, it's just a, it, yeah, it's a little metal stick that cut, like, is in front of your door. So anytime you, somebody tries to open it, the stick is like... Yeah, that hits no, my head a, every time I come it's in. It's not a regular lock. So yeah, I can't fit underneath that I'm shit. Like, it's hard to I'm get in like, and out. I'm doing like limbo trying to get into your apartment. That thing is like And it can be used way. as a weapon. If somebody's trying to get in my apartment, I just pick it up and just like... <laughs> oh, it's like a fucking javelin. Yeah, but it, you could see like the inscription is like, you know, police lock, you know, established, 1968. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Wow, so, yeah, amazing. Um, you know, that's good. I, okay. I feel safe. And you, Rachel, how was your summer? Uh, it was great. I mean, we were together August 12th for the episode at the New York Latino Film Festival, which was huge and so exciting. What a great episode. What a great space. Amazing. The Google space. It was beautiful. It, it was, was on my birthday. So mm. I continued celebrating my 40th birthday throughout the summer. I'm still celebrating as of now. Still. I sure am. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, my birthday year. Yeah. Feels yeah. good. No, because everybody in my clique is turning 40. So it's just like, this is 40. This is One 40. party after Hashtag another. This is 40. So it's just, I'm going to two. I went to three last. It's crazy. It's lit right now. So fun. Anyway, um, the summer was great, but I have to confess something as I mm. often do on the Latinos Out Loud podcast. Um, it was like maybe three weeks out from end of summer. And I was like, I haven't really taken my kids many places. But that's because, in my defense, like, I had a busy summer. Like, this was a busy July and early August for us here, mm -hmm. you know, for Room 28. We were doing a lot of projects. Carmen was involved. Yeah. Shout out to Somos 
community for hooking us up and allowing us to do that sick video series, mm -hmm. which is coming out soon. But anyway, I realized that I hadn't really taken my kids to a lot of, lot of places, and I was just like, fuck. I'm being a bad mom. Mm. So I rerouted, rerouting. I rerouted. <laughs> I was like, that's it. I'm taking three weeks off from most of everything. Can't say I'm taking three weeks off from everything because, you know, mama got to work. Yeah. So I took three weeks just to take them places. We did everything. I'm t we did the zoo. We did the aquarium. We did Central Park. We did Victorian Gardens. We just got back today from the Great Wolf Lodge out in the Poconos. So Ooh, shout out to them. Wolf. Went to the Poconos? There. I sure did. Just got back like eight hours ago. Um, nice. So I'm still in like water park mode. Oh my god, it was amazing. That indoor water park <laughs> is sick. That's why I'm nasal. literally sick. I inhaled a lot of chlorine from the pool, so I'm like. <laughs> but it was great, and so I think I compensated. I made up for it, so I'm feeling like a better mom. And that then led to the first day of school, and my oh. kids started oh. preschool. Oh, I know you big. cried a lot. Oh, did I knew you? It. That's big. Did yeah. you take one of those pictures? You know, like did I take? You know, like they they got like the kids' stats. Rachel did an album. <laughs> it's an obligation, you guys. You don't understand. You're gonna have to do it. But there are levels to the shit. Yeah. I'm gonna say that. Real no, of quick. course. I've only been doing it because he's been in school now for two years. So I did it last year. We did some balloons. This year I printed him out some crazy. Nice image. Uh, my first day of preschool, I hung balloons. I made little signs. as go Donovan, go, because he loves Diego. Go, Diego, oh, go. Very clever. So he was your marketing I mean, skills. Very nice. Depressive. <laughs> you want to fuck with me? Like, no, you wanna, I'm the original Don Donovan. Yeah. You did it before the internet came out. So I know now with the internet, like they don't even know. You invented it, some little rules. You got to stay. Okay, real quick, sidebar. Like When you're doing this kind of stuff, sometimes you have to stay away from the internet because you're like, okay, what can my brain come up with without looking at Pinterest right now? Mm. You gotta challenge yourself sometimes, mm -hmm. guys. So yeah. I did, and I did the signs, whatever. Where were we going with this? So first day of preschool, look, he's a pro, yo. He walked in, he was like, bye, mommy, love you. And Aww. I left. Yeah, he looks like he's comfy. He was comfy, even in the picture. He's like, all right, Ma, you can go. That's great. <laughs> yo, my Uber's here, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to his teacher, though. She's Dominican. I love her so much. And like, mm. she, she listens to the podcast? Maybe. Okay. Shout out to you. I'm not going to put you out there, you know. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> you know, teachers are very secretive. They don't like, because, you know, yeah, yeah. on social we, we media know, and yeah. stuff. Um, pero he had her last year. And she decided um. to now teach preschool. And luck have it, we're in her class. So for me, it's a relief. Yeah, and I know probably for your son, too. Oh, he feels so good. It's great. Just Rachel. Um, confidence. Be honest with the, with the audience. And I always us. am, Mike. Um, do you judge other parents Ooh. in the way they design the first day of you know, pre-K? Good question, because a lot of parents are Because there was that. some really tacky. It looked like some of them didn't even know they were, their kids were going to school. Mm -hmm. So they got like a piece of paper, and they just like, pre-K, first <laughs> <day>. <laughs> my first day. <laughs> <laughs> or like ones that have like multiple kids. They just, they just pretty much reused it and everything. So. Yo, son, I, there are levels, as I mentioned, but you know, I ain't gonna judge. Okay. Mm. But you know, if you're using like, you know, a wipe erase board. No. You know, mm. or like you just said, like pencil on a piece of paper. Like, we gotta go, we gotta go. Rip a piece out of your spiral. Here we go, hold it up. You know, like. Or if Frank had a kid, it would be like a napkin of just. <laughs> You what put if it on a napkin and show it to the? What if the child had like the newspaper of that day? It looks like some kind of sequester <laughs> oh video. <my> God. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I went dark. I don't know. There's levels. I feel like it's it's so much peer pressure now because before mm -hmm. social media, it was like I don't remember doing it, right? But it's I think true. these kids are not seeing it. They're not like comparing it. Like, oh, mine was better than yours. Like, it's just a parent thing. 
I feel it like there's pressure with that. But I, yeah, go. I have seen pictures of myself in albums that my mom put of the first day of each year. Was I holding up a ridiculous sign? No, I was not. Mm. Um, but this is a product of the internet and social media. This is a product of it. And everybody has to do it. It's obligatory. You it feel is. like an asshole parent if you don't. It's so much peer pressure, I'm telling you. Yeah, and then like, but the feed, the, you know, and yo, why can't all schools start on the same day? Why were we seeing this shit for like over a week? It's true. Because everybody's school started a different day. I'm like, when the fuck is this going to end already? But yeah, there's some parents that come late on vacation and they're like, yo, no, we'll just, we'll just start on Friday. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to start on October. October 1st. It's true. Those were Aunt Becky's kids. I ain't going to lie. I took my kid out of school two days to go to the Great Wolf Lodge in the Poconos. Yeah, you know. I'm like, it's $250 cheaper. Yes. Oh, shit. Why and didn't he's little. Yeah, I would have gone to the Great Wolf Lodge. He's it was little. lit, yo. You guys would have loved it. I was in the arcade last night with Edgar till 2 in the morning playing basketball. It was amazing. So mm. fun. Drinking little rosé out of a Poland spring cup. You so know? you're happy with it? You're happy with the one that, that DJ posted and everything? Yeah, I'm Are thrilled. you going to prep already for next year? Like, are you... Or is that something that it's you're just... too much pressure, Bob. It's too much? All At right. this point, like... At what point do you stop? Like, is it like college? <laughs> My first day of college. <laughs> fourth grade. I haven't seen one before after fourth grade. I think that's the one where... Mom, I'm in med school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, when you, when you get older, it's like, yo, my first day of rehab. Yo, oh, yeah. hope wow, this time it works. <laughs> yeah. Scurry. Well, speaking of school... I think we are, with the first episode of the season, we have a giveaway. And so we are going to do a contest. So we want people to learn about it. We want them to learn and be amongst peers. So, Rachel, do you want to tell the audience the the contest that we're going to be doing? Sure. What would you do to get back an inheritance? On September 20th comes El Equipito with Roberto Ángel Salcedo, La Insuperable, Melly Mel, and Manolo Osuna. Don't miss out on an opportunity to see this fun comedy. Guess what, guys? What? We're giving away four tickets to see this film. Oh, nice. El Equipito. But also, tickets are on sale now in New York and New Jersey theaters. Yes, and by the way, fun fact, El Leon which was part of the same group as Spanish, they are now on, going to be on Netflix. So awesome. they got a Netflix deal. That's wow. amazing. Yes, which was dope. We saw the movie. Yeah. Um, very funny, but it's, that's a big move for a Dominican movie. Hell yeah. So now it's going to be on Netflix so everybody in the world can see it. Yes, mm-hmm. Dominicans. And then you have the opportunity to probably witness another movie that's going to be on Netflix. We're doing a contest. So the contest is going to be that we're going to put a post on our Instagram and then you're going to put El Quiquito Equipito. El Equipito. El Equipito. El Pepto Bismoltito. And then you have to tag three of your friends. Oh. AKA your Equipito. Your Equipito. And if you now win. Now I can't say Equipito. <laughs> and if. Exactly. Yep. And if you win, you get to bring three of your friends Ooh. to the screening and the after nice. party. Ooh. Of Equipito. Two yes. equipitos. I like this. With your equipito. Equipito. This sounds like a good double date yeah. situation. Oh, your equipiti, yeah. your, your significant equipitito. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like it's a warm your- up. <laughs> this is like a perfect warm up to get ready for the podcast. Say it five times. Five times fast. Um, no, and by so the way, that's tickets to the premiere, which we're going to. It's a red carpet premiere. Ooh. Nice. Ooh. Do it up. They fancy pants. So you will see a lot of celebrities in the building. It's a beautiful affair. 
And if I'm not mistaken, that it's gonna be the after party is gonna be in the engine room. I not this mm. engine room, but the other engine. Room. There's another engine room. I There's love all engine rooms. rooms. So it's gonna be there. So you got to be a, at the after party, <laughs> and you're gonna bug out and everything. So it's gonna be fun. Exciting. Yes. All right. So on we are Latinos Out Loud on Instagram. Yes. So we'll be, we'll uh, post it on our social media. Awesome. So stay tuned. And now it's time for some butchinja bites. Yay. I've been waiting all day. Ay. I've been waiting all night. Ay. I've been waiting all day. Ay. Bochinche. Ay. Bites. Ay. Bochinche. Waiting all day. Bochinche. Ay. Bochinche. Waiting all night. Ay. Bochinche. Waiting all day. Bochinche. Ay. Bochinche. Ay. Bites. Ay. Yo. What's up? Yo, dude, are you nervous? What's up? You haven't done this in a while. Are you rusty? I'm a little rusty. You seem a little dusty. Dust? Crusty? A little musty. Wait, do I look like all these things that you're just saying? (laughs) I mean, because nobody can see me, but. This is actually an intervention. (laughs) Mm. You have a lot of usties. There's a lot of usties. (laughs) Uh, Trusty, you. Oh, great. Uh, (laughs) No, because the last one, uh, the last one to bite, the last bite I did was in the live show. And I was, my voice was shot. Like it was I was, bad, bro. I was like was going through puberty on punchlines. I was like, ah, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> your voice gets like that when you you overuse. You're your a voice. growing boy. It was, yeah. <laughs> I mean, certain wor- certain words, it kind of comes off as like sexy. You're just like, yeah, but like I wanted to be funny that day, and it just kind of wasn't. What were you doing? Um, that you lost your voice. You knew about this live show for a while. I don't remember. I think I you sounded great. I think you sounded uh, fine. Well, no, I mean, it was okay. It wasn't like, you know, horrible, but there were just certain punchlines. So hopefully I don't do that with, you know, with this Bojinja Bites, but, you know, okay. I guess it depends you on never how know. funny the jokes are. Okay. Anyway, yo, guys, you mm-hmm. know, I always got to shout out J-Lo. Of course. Mm-hmm. And J-Lo, her new movie, Hustlers, is coming out this week. Woo! Yeah. And in it, she plays a stripper. Oh, okay. Amazing. J-Lo has gone from my love don't cost a thing to my love costs about $75 a lap dance. <laughs> okay, that was good. First dad joke in a minute. <laughs> Yo, Cardi B is in this movie. Yes. So you got J-Lo and Cardi B. These are two and people. And Lizzo. Lizzo. Done. I don't care what it's about. I'm there. Where do I buy tickets? I mean, that's a lot of, look, that's a lot of fun. All right, listen, listen, we're giving away four tickets to the. Uh, <laughs> I know I'm keeping them for my Get your strip a strip club at Kibito. Yeah. Hashtag hustlers. That's a stripper name. My name is Equipito. Yo, Equipito. Yo, can you just just two songs? Two songs worth. Um Cardi B's on us in the movie. So that Cardi B and J Lo, that's a lot of famous Latina Bronx natives in the cast. Not to mention, but I guess, you know. JLo playing a stripper will give her her first Oscar nomination. Also, she's getting yeah, she's getting good reviews. So we're making jokes about this movie, but it's actually well reviewed. Um, critics are saying this movie's like Goodfellas meets Magic Mike. So it's like G-string fellas, right? <laughs> um, do any of you guys want to actually uh, are going to check out this movie this week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm my down. Girl, Hell yo, yeah. my girl's been telling me about this movie for a minute, y'all. She's hyped to see it. Yeah, man. So I heard it's really good. it's based on a true story too. Word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it like Cardi B's story? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I wow. think it is. Maybe she doesn't want to say on that low? on the low. Wow. Because, you know, I don't want to put her on blast. I love okay. her. Me too. Well, you know. 
Me too. Here's hoping. Just, just scroll through her old Instagrams and Twitters. <laughs> yeah. Word. Oh my God. One day I got. I this is. I'm coming clean. Mm-hmm. I fell into a Cardi B stripper YouTube wormhole. Yeah. How does that I work? I was yeah. on it for hours. So like oh, 6 a.m. I was watching her stripper videos on YouTube. Did you see when that Hello Kitty outfit she had? I seen I it all, girl. I seen <laughs> everything. She saw her kitty for sure. And then like all the rappers, fabulous. Like one day if you have a few hours and you're bored or whatever, just go on YouTube. We'll, we'll put the link. So. Yeah. Can check it out. Okay. It's entertaining. We love you, Jello. Um, Mattel, here's my second bochinja by Mattel has just announced the Dia de los Muertos Barbie doll is set to hit shelves. Okay, but check it out. Many Mexicans are saying this is cultural appropriation. Like, I don't know if I want my Barbie to like be like really like into religious holidays and stuff like that. Well, this isn't really religious. It's freaking pagan. You know what I'm saying? A, poli- it's like... a pagan, a pagan holiday. <laughs> but I just want my Barbies to just hang out, you know, with. Ken, you know, her in, in the, the closet. 57 her Chevy. in the closet. <laughs> her closeted boyfriend, Ken, right? Mm-hmm. You know. With Skipper. But go day drinking with Skipper. Mm-hmm. But I, I read somewhere they're, they're also coming out with a Chapiadora Barbie. Is that true or not? And what is she just? A big, the- big booty, big dad. <laughs> they are. They are actually. They yeah. are coming out with a curvy one. Oh, good. But come on. That's taking too long. Mm. No, here's my issue with this Katrina, right? Oh, the, she knows the name. Right, because um, you know the tradition is about this Katrina, and uh, originally the the tradition is a little bit questionable as well, right? So the person who first created this, uh, you know, was describing a person who was ashamed of their indigenous origins and were trying to imitate Spanish and French style. So I think actually they're very accurate, Mattel, in the way that they made this Barbie. Because first of all, her face it looks like more like some bad contour instead of like that white. Calavera look, you know? And even the dress isn't like very traditional. It's very Spanish. So maybe they hit it right on the nose, right? That was the whole intention of it. I mean, it's 80 bucks, so I don't know. I don't know. I think that's that's. And it's sold out already. It's sold out? Yeah, the pre-sales. I looked into it. I mean, I think it's a good thing. I would have, as a youngin, would have liked to have seen a Barbie like that for me. But Barbie is just problematic overall, Mm. you know? I don't know. Yeah. And they're making a Barbie movie next year, so I think it's... uh, it's a Barbie world. That's it's what it Barbie is. It's a Barbie world. You know. Oh, I love that song. <laughs> Mike does it's have that song. It's a Barbie world. I totally da-da, see you still playing that song when you work out. a Spotify playlist. <laughs> <laughs> Different remixes of that song. <laughs> Final, he was a Dominican Ken. Barbie world. Yeah. Come on, Barbie. Let's go party. <laughs> 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 Guys, Final Bite is also... Um, but Barbie? It's also religious. I, oh. I, I have religious themes in this episode. Oh. I, my favorite class was religion. Now I'm going okay. to stories. Uh, but this one is, is, is definitely a miracle, allegedly. Some worshipers saw a sign from God after a caretaker at Holy Trinity Greek Orthodox Church in Chicago saw, they, they saw what looked like tears pouring from the Virgin Mary statue's eyes. What? Or, or, or painting. It's a painting. It's a painting. It's a painting. Um, and first of all, this church is facing foreclosure, and it's gonna, it's, it's about to be. Bankrupt. Y de repente, a miracle. And this wow, just happens just to chills. happen. You got chills, Rachel? Yeah, because it's cold in here. Uh, <laughs> okay, first of all, why do people always end up seeing the Virgin Mary statue or, or a statue or painting? It always has to be crying. Word. Like, what are people doing to these statues or, or paintings? Is it like a cry for help? I looked into this, right? Because this, it, <laughs> I'm from <laughs> Chicago. That to, that's her segment. I looked into it with Carmen Mendoza. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Good call, Rachel. I, look, I like that because I look into everything. <laughs> <laughs> I looked into this. I, I love into it. This. Bueno. Carmen. 
I looked into it. Okay, this is a church not far from my house. I already called my mom. I was trying to get her to go today because oh. the church's church's last day is tomorrow. It's going to be foreclosed. But you mm. know, it's a bit suspicious that all of a sudden they get this miracle. Um, but I looked at it, and it's a painting, and it straight up just looks like if someone like dabbed their fingers in the holy water and like just went Come with on. two fingers oh, down. And apparently, the tears have dried. Tears dry on their own. Okay. R.I.P. Amy Winehouse. Um, oh, great. <gasps> and I don't know, but maybe oh, it is. But maybe it is. Why not? Why shouldn't this church stay open? The funny part is, is that, did you see what the priest's name was? Yes, his the, name, uh, Nick, Father Nick Jonas. Father no! Nick Jonas. Oh. I'm a sucker for you. Not the, one married to, <laughs> not the one married to Priyanka Chopra, although I'm sure he's prayed for that. Uh, yeah. Wow. Oh, he's a priest, Jamie. Look, yeah. I just want, one day I just want to see a story where someone sees like a Virgin Mary like flirtatiously winking at them. You know what yes. I mean? Yes. Like maybe she's tired of being a virgin, you know what I mean? Oh, my God. Oh. All right, that's the bites for this week. I can't even, Jamie, I can't even. I'm going to pray for him, though. Wow. <laughs> and now it's time for some fake news. The views, opinions, and insinuations made by Frank Nibs do not necessarily reflect or represent those held by the Latinos Out Loud podcast. Live from La Gran Manzana, it's Frank Spirison News with Frank Nibs. Is it with Frank Nibs? Is it with Frank Nibs? No, it's with... Let me look into that. No, (laughs) I looked into that. No, it's with Carmen Mendoza. And y'all... I want to talk about The Family. Have we heard about this? It's this new Netflix five-part documentary series. It's also based off of these two books that this gentleman, Jeff Charlotte, wrote. But essentially what we're dealing with here is this secretive far-right Christian organization that has been influencing politics for the past 50 years, y'all. Yeah. So they created this something called the National Prayer Breakfast that every president has attended since Eisenhower. Wow. Wow. It's true, including Obama. Obviously, Trump attended. And uh, yeah, it's a secretive organization. They don't even have a name. They call themselves the family. But these people not only uh, get you know family members elected, but they like to get elected politicians onto their side. But these people are questionable. They befriend dictators, all right, such as Gaddafi. Uh, and they do so at the behest of their late leader, Doug Coe. And it's just pretty freaking scary, man. They, they, they believe in Jesus, but they believe in that Jesus was meant for the rich and the wealthy and the powerful. And that wow. if you're rich wow. and wealthy, it's meant to be. If you're poor, that's meant to be as well. Wow. It's a little scary. It's a little scary. So uh, they don't believe in that passive lamb of God, Jesus. They believe in a scarier Jesus. Can we hear uh, some words from the original founder, Abraham Veridi? <laughs> Christianity is not a weak thing. Woe to the pussy-footing, namby-pamby, wishy-washy, dilly-dallying individual who bears the name of Christ and who fails to recognize that all things are possible to him that believes with courage and confident boldness. Put on the whole armor of God. Wow. Okay. That guy's, yeah. I, I would listen to an audiobook by that guy, though. He has like a good audiobook voice. You like that yeah. voice? That he was, was like an <laughs> evil poet. Like, He's that evil. That like... was a quote from the first National Prayer Breakfast, y'all. So wow. they straight up believe, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They believe that Jesus did not come out to reach to the poor or to the outcast, but to help the powerful elite. All right. So they believe that 
you know, Trump is like the second coming, all right, of God. They believe he is the chosen one. Trump himself has began to believe these things. And as of what, two weeks ago, he was speaking to reporters and he turned to them and looked to the heavens and proclaimed, I am the chosen one, amidst answering some questions about the ongoing trade war with China. Wow. Maybe he was just excited about the new Matrix movie being announced. (laughs) He's yes. quoting the Matrix. It's no? true. That makes more sense. And he's retwe- retweeting this conspiracy theorist that basically says that he is, you know, the second coming of God and, and that he's the king of the Jews. The Messiah? <laughs> the Messiah. Wow. Rachel. And he, be- he himself he's believes it. Mess. That Israel loves him and that he's, he's going to help. You know, wow. like Scientologists think, are looking at this. Uh, these people are like, "Damn, you guys are a little extreme." <laughs> exactly. Tone it down, Tone it down guys. <laughs> the aliens started making more sense uh, from Scientology than all of this. Is, is there like, is there a way we can join and like infiltrate? Like, I'll go to the undercover. Yeah, well, you I'll know, to be a prince. Th- that's how they got these books written, right? This guy straight up was like, "I'm a writer. I'm a journalist. I'm writing a book about religion." So they sent him to live at this house called the Ivanwald House, where they it's like a frat house where they literally tell them that they're being trained to lead the world. Wow! Damn. And they do some funky shit, you know. They they're not allowed to have sex. They're not allowed to have drink alcohol. They're uh, not allowed to watch TV, read the newspapers. All they do is play basketball all day and like rake leaves. Rake leaves. Play basketball. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. It was a little homoerotic as I was watching the documentary. Oh wow! I was like, I I don't know, Sadi. Look, I think I want to start the middle class version of this group called the Step Family. (laughs) Yeah, and we'll just we're really into playing basketball and raking leaves, but we don't have to be rich, you know, for God to you know exactly to love us. They got fam. They got the family. Then they have friends of the family. There's different levels oh. in which you can be involved, and uh, yeah, there's even uh, this guy who's a family member, Sanders. Oh yeah, Mark Sanford. Or he's yeah, Sanford. Yeah, yep. and his son. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, different one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah this, this guy Sanford's gonna challenge Trump, and yeah. So like the whole controversy was that he was like. <laughs> Went on an Appalachian Trail. And yeah, the Tallahassee Trail. And he ended up being in Argentina with some stripper or something. And Trump just tweeted, like, you know, obviously making fun of Sanford for, run- for running. And he-, he writes, like, he was having an affair with a flaming dancer. <laughs> so everybody's like, what is flaming dancer? Because we know this president and his typos. So we think he was actually trying to write, like, flamingo dancer. Oh, my, oh God. my God. But it's actually flamenco. You know what I'm saying? So he, he missed it by. Two miles. So should we binge? Should we binge this? You gotta watch it, man. You you got. I've already seen it twice. So this is like sort of like an Illuminati, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, but they're but they're more secretive than that because they've operated under the radar for fifty years. Okay, nobody nobody dares to challenge them because you know they use the name of Jesus as a currency, and it's like Mm. if you're against us. And think about it. Even our for me, anywho, my beloved President Obama. You know, he he held eight national prayer breakfasts. Wow. Breakfast sisters. We should start like a prayer brunch. Breakfast is too early. Oh, and yes. oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brunches. National prayer brunch. Rose. You have a viral video brunch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Works. Not to mention, Russia <laughs> is tied into this too. They, they You're be, welcome. Love it. Brunch time. Wait, Russia? I mean, wh- they're what? trying to evangelize the world. All right, and so they've infiltrated in Russia. Want to know who was at Trump's first national prayer breakfast? Who? Who? Maria Butina. 
that spy oh, with the, the gun happy oh, chick. Yeah. NRA lady. Yeah. So truly they're they're using religion as a guise to, you know, get into these rooms and persuade political officials to do what they want under the name of Jesus. This is deep. Damn, yeah, this is deep. Yeah, this is layered. You did your work. Well, wow. Frank is going to be very proud. Yeah, oh, like, I hope so. I think so. After he, uh, you know, tried to make sure I didn't get here yeah. through By the MTA. Through the MTA. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. Go, Carmen. Thank yeah. you. Awesome. Watch it, y'all. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? All right, stop thinking about it. Of course you take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Look, I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. Did you know you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. And no one's going to judge you for flip-flopping. It's okay, I do it too. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll Multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. I mean, it's like my second Christmas. Join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code LATINO to activate the offer. That's promo code LATINO. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, you guys, it's the time of the show where we interview someone amazing. She's an award-winning novelist, and she's here with us right now. Please put your hands together for Angie Cruz. Wait a second. You guys, this is big. This is big. This is big. You were just at an event where Angie Cruz was, Vago, yes. and he was ranting and raving. Just tell us quickly about the event. So, um, word up. Um, and the Dominican Writers uh, set up an event for her book release, and they had Laura Gomez from Orange is the New Black Amazing. interviewing you. And it was just, an, and you also had the person that did the uh, audio book as well, just talking about the book. And it was just so beautiful to have so many people in that room because it was in Dominican Alianza in Washington Heights. But the energy was so, so dope because it's great to have someone from Washington Heights that wrote an amazing book and just be amongst the Dominicans and Latinos in the room. So congrats on that. Yeah, it was like double the size, I think, than they expected. So there wasn't enough pastelitos yeah. for yeah. everybody. Pastelitos. So they hit it. I think they hit the pastelitos. Because there weren't enough. Oh, no. There were so many people, and people don't RSVP. You know how they are. Oh, Dominicans, forget it. Yo. Forget it. My family said one and ten came. It was <laughs> <Yeah>. crazy. <laughs> Can I tell you something, Angie? I That just happened to me. That's like a thing, I guess, because... I went to the premiere of this new show on CUNY TV called Latinas at CUNY TV Studios, and I went into the green room by accident. There were stacks and stacks and stacks of patelitos on trays, and I'm like, why are they fucking serving these? But there was way too many people in the studio. There was definitely way too many people that RSVP'd and came. So we coming out for events. I'm just letting you guys know. Get enough patelitos. <laughs> I know. It was like contraband. In fact, my son thought he was hosting the party and he was sneaking them to people. Oh, he was like wow. going to the back. And he's like, do you want a patelito? And he was passing it around like in the sneak. It was like a Popeye's chicken sandwich. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yo, I got you. Five dollars real quick. Five dollars. But they were good. They were from, have you been to that place, Pop and Pour up in Dykeman? Oh, yeah. She's a Dominican um, chef. Amazing. Really great. She made them. For the other Washington hiders out there, because which is which I am one of yeah, them. You are. Where are you from specifically? I was born and raised on 165th Street in Washington Heights, Aye. near you. Yeah, and I mean we go way back. We go way, 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 Tell way, us. way, way, way back. So I am really, really close friends with Angie's brother Edwin, which Rachel you met a couple. I of I went times. to his home. 
we were one time. Wait, on some business tip. <laughs> on some business tip. She's Angie. like classic Edwin. <laughs> it was a long time ago, but no. <laughs> I wasn't there for that. That I was, was almost one your one. sister-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> Angie, can you write a book about me? Let's go. Ask Edwin about the whole story. He'll tell you. So yes, but um, I Pulitzer. met I met your brother, and then in two thousand three. Um, you told me about the Latino Film Festival, and we went together. So that kind of planted the seed because in the year after Wait, that- Wait, did I make you go? Because that means that I actually was a force behind your entire Ooh. enterprise. I know, you like to mention that. That's true. Um, <laughs> no, because, no, it, it, like, I was just, you know, at the time, it was just, well, at that time, I was just writing, like, little short stories on mihenta.com. And in your journal? Ed, in your man journal? <laughs> I just like, you know, write poetry sometimes. My thoughts. Um, but no, you... Some haikus you, on my page if you want to check it I out. Don't, listen, I don't know the backstory. How did you find out? Because at the, at the Latino Film Festival at the time was only like three years old. Like, How did you find out about the film festival? What year was that? 2003. Well, by then, I already had a book. I had published Soledad in 2001. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. Soledad. I mean, sorry, was that too loud? No. <laughs> this is Latinos I like, Angie Cruz. I'm sorry, I don't know what you signed up for. If you um, don't. So I had published my book, and I was part of, um, I was in this amazing conversation with all these Latinx filmmakers like Alex Rivera and Bernardo Ruiz, and they were all showing films, Cristina Ibarra, mm -hmm. um, at that Latino film festival, so I went to see them. Yeah, yeah. and then you... Um, and I, I took was, you. And you took me, yeah. And then from there, the rest is history. There's a lot of time that elapsed. Is there more 16. history? Or? No, I mean, that's why. Because in the year after that, Six I went years. to... that. After that, I went to the Dominican Night, and I was inspired as well. I, I think um, uh, Raising Victor Vargas had a short film version of it called Five Feet and Rising or mm -hmm. something like that. And I saw the short form of that. Um, and then that, that was it. In 2005, I filmed my movie. In 2006, it came out. So, But it was you that introduced... The film festival because I didn't even know. Like I'm at that point in time, like I said, like I'm like, oh, all right, there's full feature versions. I never knew there were people were doing short films and playing it in festivals across the country. You didn't know so. the, the short films existed. Damn, you, that's a long time ago. Then, like Connecticut, they didn't have any short films. <laughs> <laughs> Connecticut doesn't get much. We you don't know? get much. Jane. They get the sloppy okay. seconds they and the... they're lucky. Anyways, so you grew up in Washington Heights. Um, can you tell me a little bit, like, how was it growing up in Washington Heights back? Because I know now Washington Heights is a little different, but, like, back then, how was it culturally in Washington Heights? Well, I mean, I my family came in in the 70s, so we were kind of the first, kind of in the initial kind of push. I mean, the Dominican population in Washington Heights went up in the 80s and 90s, and you know, the way it was described outside of our <laughs> neighborhood, it was that it was called, like, you know... Uh, crack factory or you know or like the biggest drug market in the city um and it was described as dangerous but you know to me it was home right so I was moving in that neighborhood and it was one that I knew and all my family was there so um it's very different than it is now although I have to say you know Washington Heights as gentrified as it is it's also I'm learning mm. um that it's has a very large drug market again um, that a, a huge distribution of opioids and heroin, and um, especially concentrated in the where the George um, the terminal is on 177. Mm -hmm. So I it, it's 
it's different than the ones that I understood as the like how drug dealing worked when I was growing up. But now, you know, it's like you're walking everywhere and people are nodding off, junkies. Like you see the the syringes all over the streets. So the Heights has maintained its essence. Yeah. <laughs> Culture wow. and yeah. history. Well, I think it's changed a lot. In a, in, but it's interesting how, you know, Dominicans are definitely being pushed out. They can't afford to live there anymore. But, I mean, there's still a huge drug market. And um, and you're seeing it, you know. So I think it's, it's an interesting moment, yeah. Is there any kind of uh, specific kind of childhood like image that you kind of associate with the Heights? Like with me, it's always like the Piraguas and the, the Coquitos and like do, uh, like if anybody, you know, those things like pop up when I was a kid, just like those are things I got excited about living in the Heights and in the city and stuff like that. Is there anything that pops up in your head when people say Washington Heights, like a childhood thing? You know, I um, I grew up right across the street from the Audubon Ballroom. That was like the view oh, from my yeah. window. So, and it shows up in my novel, Dominicana, actually, like this way that I would keep looking at that building. Um, so I think when I think of that building and the history of that building, but yeah, I still, I still see the coquitos and the piraguas and I'm like, yeah, that's When I heights. see the coquitos like in Midtown, I'm like, no. No, like, it just doesn't belong. Like, it doesn't, yeah, it don't no. taste right. It, it's like, no. But you know, also right. like, I mean, for reals, like, you know, everyone says, oh, in my country we eat platanos. I was like, yeah, no, you don't eat platanos like Dominicans. And the truth is, it's like the piles of platanos outside the bodegas. Like, that's a real thing, you know? So, um, yeah. Except they're so expensive now, man. Two Good. for three. What's it up to? What is the three price Three for $2 or what is it? Some crazy Rachel, number. Rachel, I thought Rachel was going to take care of this. You've been saying you're going to talk to Espaillat. We had it's Adriano, out of control. We had Adriano Espaillat on our podcast, and it was the first question I had for him. How are you going to regulate the prices of platanos in New York City? But you know what? I was growing up, like, talking about the price of food was like talking about the stock market, right? It was like, ¿y cómo están esos aguacate? Bueno, el aguacate. You know, and you'd be like, Oh, the economy is bad. The economy is good. That Depending is on how much something costs. Loco. Yo, that's so true because I grew up in Connecticut and uh, Jerry's dad was in, in Washington Heights. And so my, I would hear that conversation. Like, it was like, it is. That's so true. We, we do talk about it like it's a currency. Interesting. So, Angie, with three, now three published pieces of work out there, novels, that's incredible. Could you tell us and our listeners how hard and or easy it is to have your work published? <laughs> hard or easy? Well, I think like as a young writer, when I was first published my book, I did, I had a very traditional trajectory, I guess. I went to graduate school. I went to an MFA program where I studied creative writing, and then um, I found an agent, and I was recommended into an agent. So these steps were pretty easy, I guess, because they received my work, I sold my work, and the work came out in the world. Um, so the publication of the first book didn't feel quite hard. The hard part was writing a book, right? Writing a book means you have to actually sit down and write it. Everybody has a great idea. And tons of people would be like, I have this great idea, or you know, I want to write a book. How do I get do it? And I'm like, well, you have to sit down and write it first. Um, but this particular book, Dominicana, like I've been working... It's been 14 years since my last book. Mm. So I'm, everyone's calling it my breakout book. It's almost like they're Zooming me from the dead, like I died. <laughs> you know, not to my community, but to the literary establishment. It's almost like, ¿Para dónde se fue esa mujer? You know, like, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, and I think that um, when I was, the book, when it went out like a few years ago, three years ago, 
it was like everyone said, it's too quiet. Who wants to read us? Like, I mean, there's no market for a story like this. Kind of like the way it is with film, right? Mm-hmm. Film, it's like, oh, who's going to re- watch that film? Even though 25% of ticket like ticket buyers are Latino, mm-hmm. there's still this kind of like, do we risk that investment? But they'll risk on some stupid white film, right? But they mm-hmm. won't risk on, you know, a, maybe a stupid Latino film. Who cares, mm-hmm. right? But like, why not take the risk? And I felt the same thing with the book, like Dominicana, a lot of people were reading and they're like, oh, it's so tragic. I mean, an immigrant story, like who wants to read that? And, you know, and that was really hard. So the writing of it was difficult because, as you know, like the story is a personal story. It's a story about my my mother. Like, I mean, it was inspired from my mother. It's very different than my mother's life, but it was inspired by my mother's story who immigrated here when she was 15 and was married to a man for twice twice her age. Um, in order to for her family to get a visa um, and to move to the United States, um, so it was difficult to write something that, and and be true enough and complicated enough so no one would kill me right mm-hmm. in my family. <laughs> but also, um, I think the publication was hard because I think people, the publishers, could not see that there is a need for this book in the world. And actually, what we've learned since its publication, and I'm so grateful that I did find an editor who fell in love with the book, is that it's touching a lot of people's lives. I cannot tell you how many letters every day, every day I've been getting a note. And the book just came out, but actually it came out a month ago through um, this program called Book of the Month. And I get notes every day from women who are like, I am not Dominican, I'm I'm Southeast Asian, I'm from India, but my grandmother, this is my grandmother's story, I'm from, you know, rural Tennessee, and this is my story. Mm. Um, And what I've realized is that, one, one of the things that I've learned is that just recently, New York State changed the age of consent of of when you can marry, right? So just like a few months ago, I think, um, you could get married with your, if your parents wanted, like gave you consent, you could get married at 14 years old in New York State. That's my, that's crazy. So some people think it's a Dominican thing, right? But it's not a Dominican thing. It's actually happening all over the world, including the U.S. They just changed the law in the U- in New York State so you could get married. I think the minimum age of getting married is 16 with parent consent, um, but 18 without their consent. Um, so for me, like the publication is like, is there a market for a book like this? We've discovered, yes, there is a market for a book like this. Um, Yeah, so I think, yeah, it was difficult. But at the same time, I feel like, thank God I didn't give up. Because I almost did. I was like, you know what? I'm going to get another fucking career. Are you serious? Yeah, it's so fucking hard. What was that moment? Tell us about that moment. How did you get there? Well, I was... I got so many rejections. So it was like every... It felt like every publisher had rejected the book. And I got to a point where I was like, do I self-publish? And then I was like, I'm not a marketing person. And then I thought, oh, maybe books are not the way to change the world or books are not the thing that are going to make a difference in the world, right? So I thought, what else can I do, you know, in my life? And I was thinking about how to spend my time in a different way. Um, I mean, that's it. It's like you keep doing it and doing it. And, you know, and you know, because you're all in the entertainment business, like you keep doing it and keep doing it. And if you don't get a response from the audience or you don't feel, you have to think, my God, I have to think about retirement. I have to think about what my life is going to look like. Um, Yeah, so 
So comparing to your first book and now, what was your writing process? Like, because 2001 was when your first book came out. Now it's like real hard to write with social media and all the all the stuff that's going on. There's so much distraction. Like, did you use a typewriter back then and a laptop? <laughs> Girl, I'm not that around? old. I'm just yeah. kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but you know, but you know, it's crazy. Like, it is a huge difference. When my first two books came out, there was I don't even remember email, right? So I don't I don't even remember. It was were like you using like Quark Express or like what was the you know program what? that I, you edited with? I don't even remember having a cell phone. I mean, what were you distracted by? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, you write like twenty books. Jerry Springer's on. Wait, How time did you out. IG live? I know. Like, you couldn't. Well, it's crazy. It's like you know, I came out with my books in the past and then you just let the publisher do its work and then you just went off and did another book, you know. But now it's like, oh my God, I do have a platform. I, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to start tweeting. Um, you know, I'm going to have to figure these things out. But what's interesting about this moment, and it's actually really exciting, is that I think that there has been a possibility to decenter what we could say is the white machine, right? Like the white aesthetic, white power machine. Because if you have, let's say, a particular kind of push toward, these are the films everybody wants, these are the books everybody wants, and everyone, and they're the only ones that are speaking, then of course there's no way that anyone will discover that there's a whole other market or possibility. And I feel like that's what social media has sort of given us an opportunity to democratize it a little bit. So for example, I think that my book being out there and me getting these notes is making me realize that the book, yeah, you know, people care about the immigration problem, but I actually don't think that's the thing that's getting people to read my book. I think what's getting people to read my book is that women are reading it and they want their friends to read it and they want their mothers to read it. I cannot tell you how many people, and this is insane, I'm like, this is so crazy. They finish my book and they call their mother. And there was a woman who was videotaping me for something else. She's like, oh, I just have to tell you, I read your book. And she said, I haven't spoken to my mother in two years. And the first thing I did was call her. I'm not saying that it was an easy conversation, but at least I was listening to her. And I said, holy shit, right? But how can you predict that's going to happen, right, from the book. So the marketers could say, oh, it's a book about immigration. It's a love story. It's a love triangle. But the feeling that's happening and what I'm discovering as I'm on tour is that women are reading the book and they're just like, oh, you know what? I think this is why my sister left her husband. I'm going to give her this book so we can have a conversation. So the book is facilitating, I think, conversations that we all know somebody who's being beat up by their partners or husbands. I mean, you know, like we know, you know, se habla, especially in our community. Mm-hmm. You're like, bueno, el paga la renta. You know, like we get around it in some way. We're like, well, it only happened once. He was drinking. And then I feel like what happens with literature is that you have this intimate moment to be with a person in a story. And you could be like, okay, I'm not alone right? Are you going to do something about it? I don't know. But at least you can have more compassion maybe Mm -hmm. for people in your life that you're like, wow, she's so weak. Why is she still with him? Right? Instead of thinking, oh, she's so weak. It's like, oh my God. I think there's parallels between what you're saying and like what we're doing here with the podcast. It's basically that same um, reception. 
We're hearing comments from people across this country saying that we're altering their mood. We're helping them, you know, they're discovering new career paths because of the guests that we've had. Mm. You know, they're rerouting their whole college trajectory because of something that they now want to pursue and they're passionate about because they heard it on the Latinos Out Loud podcast. Like, that is, that's some shit that moves mountains, right? That I think only creative may, well, I think everybody gets it, but like, the feeling that we have is probably that same feeling that you're having. You've presented the world with this gem that was, has all these different uses. It's a toolkit. Yeah, and you can't predict it. Right? right, so this is one of the things about marketing and P&Ls and outcome. It's like you actually don't know. And I feel like, you know, right now a lot of us are having a very difficult time getting out of bed because there's real problems in the world, right? Like people are freaking out about the climate and the crisis and the hurricanes that are impacting our countries and um, the lack of water and clean water. And, <laughs> and the family. I can't get that out of my head either. Thank and the you family <laughs> and Trump and immigration and... Even con papeles, my mother's like, you know, I heard, I, we have to, you know, I heard that people are not going to get their food stamps because they're afraid they might lose their green cards because there's some I kind of crazy you. Trump thing that, you know, and I said, wait a minute, what the hell is happening? So I feel like our communities feel like we're under attack. We feel like we're under attack. Our families are under attack. And, um, it, you know, immigrants at large. And I feel like sometimes we feel like so much that we're just like, don't do anything about it, Right. So I feel like part of this, what you're saying, right? You're doing this thing where people can laugh and we're joking y toda esta cosa, pero it does help, I think, if people could just feel a little bit better and less alone, they might actually get out of bed and go protest or yes. do something about it. Amen. And so there is this space that we're filling in trying to pursue in our creativity. And, you know, I think that's really productive right now. So you're on tour and now you... Are you working on a fourth? Yeah, you know, I have a book due next spring, and I'm trying, but it's hard. You know, I spend all my time doing interviews. <laughs> like, I cannot tell you how many, like, which is great. I have actually a great problem that there's, like, people want to hear what I want to say, so I feel very fortunate. Um, you know, and it's like the opposite in a moment where no one wanted to hear what I want to say. And what's been really interesting between this experience and my first experience with Soledad. So when Soledad came out, it came out the week of 9-11. Darn. Wow. So that was like, the book comes out in 2001 in the week. It was like, it was launched, I think, November, November 3rd. It was like November 3rd or something. No, it was September 3rd or something like that. And I was lined up for all this publicity right? Like TV, movie, um, radio. And it all got canceled, obviously, because the only thing anyone wanted to talk about was 9-11. Mm. And then I did my tour. And the only thing people wanted to talk about, where were you in New York? Oh, my God. Mm. And like, I would go to all these different Terrible. cities. And that's so I didn't talk about the book at all. Right. Because it was all like the grief in this country. I mean, for those of you who were here, it was like a really, you know, it was just like that's all. And that's all that was like, for, I think, for three or four weeks in the news. Mm -hmm. That's all we saw in the news. So my book kind of like went into this other space. This time, everyone just wants to talk about the book. They want to talk about, you know, um, the character and her situation and, you know, um, how we need to think. I mean, and I think without the Me Too movement, I think it would have been really difficult for even people to read this book with like open heart, right? To mm -hmm. be like, oh wow, this is something we should be paying attention to. Yeah. 
Um, I had a question. I was actually going to ask you where you were in 9-11, but I'm not going to ask Oh, that. my God. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. What are you trying to do here? No. No, but now I'm not saying it because she said no. Um, <laughs> no, that wasn't my question. Um, so inevitably, when, when nowadays, now when somebody writes a book and it's successful, it's like, okay, the question is, can there something that can be a movie or a Netflix series or something? Do you... As a as a book writer nowadays, is that something that you think of some like in the back of your head sometimes? It's like, oh, maybe this could be something that could be shot and filmed. Yeah. I mean, I love movies. And I think that before I started writing novels, I really wanted to do movies. Mm. But the money that movies take, I'm just, I can't even fathom that, right? Like people say, oh, but m movie money is not real money. I'm like, yeah, but I come from a working class family. Movie money feels real, real to me. Yeah. So it would always intimidate me, the money aspects and the lack of control you have with film. So um, Soledad was optioned a number of times, and I actually adopt, adapted it with um, another writer, Gloria Lamort, and we um, almost made it into a movie. But, you know, at the time, everyone was like, could you bank a film with no white actors? Mm. Like, you know... With a, and like what actress could bank a film? I don't even know. You know, I'm dying to see that J-Lo film. You know, but does J-Lo bank a film? I don't know if she, if she she could make back the money just with her star presence, right? I'm not sure. Right. Um, Buzz, or, Buzz could, could open up a film though. Like if that movie's getting buzz from the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, like if a movie based on a, like your book and the, the buzz of the book being people loving the book, I think that is something that people will go But there is watch. interest, I think, right now, and I think Dominicana um, could be, I think, a great movie. Mm -hmm. I would love to see that happen. Cool. All right, Angie, for the last portion of this interview, we were hoping you would do something really special for our listeners. Yes. Would you read an excerpt from your title, Dominicana, for everyone? Yes. Yes! Guys, she said yes. All right, so here we are. Get, get your lattes. Or your glass of This roses. is like your book club come to life. Ooh. This is an audio book come to life by the author of Dominicana, Angie Cruz. When Juan doesn't visit for a long while, Mama makes me write him letters. Tell him how hot it's been, unbearable, how you long to see the snow, how handsome he looks in a suit, and that your favorite color is green to remind him about your eyes. They're unusual. Maybe it'll inspire him to bring you a gift. Tell him how well you're doing in school, how you love numbers so much you dream of them while you sleep. In this way, Juan and I are the same. I too count the steps to school, how many times the teacher repeats herself. Even the impossible things I count, like the stars in the sky, the limoncillos on our tree. Tell him how much you enjoy to cook, but be pacific. Don't just say food, say pescado con coco, so he knows you're the kind of woman who's not afraid to debone a fish or grate a coconut. What kind of woman is afraid to grate coconuts, I ask, but Mama keeps talking. Invite him to visit during the day so you can cook him a proper meal at a proper time. Say how much you would enjoy feeding him, that you miss him and would like to see him again. But that's not true, I say. Oh, who cares what's true? Look, what is the truth? Letters are a lasso, words on a page that we fling out, hoping and hoping. What about what I want? What do you want, Anna? I don't know. 
If your sister Teresa was a doc, she would have saved herself from Eseguardia, Mama says. Now she's stuck with bad seed. Her life is basically ruined. Ruined. Ducks can reject unwanted sperm, only allowing in the sperm they want. They choose the best duck to make their babies, not just any grubby, ill-looking duck. And they sleep with one eye open unless they have some other duck on guard. So learn from the ducks, Mama says. Angie Cruz, you guys. One time for Angie Cruz. Woo! I need more. Get out there and buy the book right now, people. What are you waiting for? All right, now it's time for the Fuchila Que Lo Que. Fuchila Fresheners, que lo que? Please go to fuchilafresheners.com and use code LOL10 to get a discount. Yo, they got some hot Fuchila Fresheners. Yo, the platano still out there, the que lo que still out there. Um, so go to fuchilafresheners.com again and use code LOL10. So, que lo que, Angie Cruz? Well, I just wanted to give a quick shout out on Word Up Community Bookstore in the Heights. They are doing, they've launched Uptown Reads, and the first book is Dominicana. And they're, they want to get the entire neighborhood, Washington Heights, Inwood, Uptown, to read the book. And if you get the book through Word Up, they're giving a discount if you say Uptown Reads. That's nice. great. And what about you for your social media, your handles? Oh, my, you can find me at Writer Cruise. Um, on Instagram, and um, that's enough. You can find me on my website, <laughs> AngieCruz.com. <laughs> I mean, I'm easy to find. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right, so for me, uh, my shout-outs is to Uptown Collective and Corriente Latina, who are our media sponsors slash supporters. Go check out their websites. For Uptown Collective, you want to see what's going on in Harlem, Washington Heights, and the Bronx. And for Corriente Latina, check out some of the stuff that they have going on, and I think they're going to be at Comic-Con, so... Uh, go to their website to see that. For me, uh, it's Juan Bago and all the platforms. Special shout-outs to our new interns that started today. Yay! And to our Woo-hoo! returning staff. And to our listeners. Listen, uh, go to Apple. Rate us. Put comments. Do stuff. That's how they can tell that we are who we are. Go there. Spotify. Follow us. Go to, uh, I think it's CastBox. Go there. You can leave a comment there. So... Um, those are my shout outs for this Come week. Come over my apartment. You can give me a review live and then I'll type it in. We'll into type my it computer. up for you. Yeah, we'll get someone we'll to do that it for out. you. Yep. All right. Jaime? So, Room 28, Sketch Comedy Group. Uh, Who? Who's that? <laughs> oh, 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 you mean NBC Bring the Funnies, Room 28. Right. Got right, it. Yeah, yeah, I know them. Yeah. Uh, just forget what round we were, we were um, voted off. Um, but <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't NBC's matter. Bring the Funny is on the resume. It's on the res. <laughs> it's on the resi. And Man. we will be performing Woo! at the People in Espanol Festival, y'all. Good accent there. It was pretty good. People in Espanol. Okay. October 5th and 6th. This is going to take place at the Armory, 651 West 168th Street. Mm. The Heights, 930 to 530. This festival's going on all day. We you guys going to perform all day as well? Yeah. All right. Yes. We could. From 930 wow. to 530. It's a marathon. We could for the right price. But... <laughs> 
Could you we were, imagine like <laughs> Jamie's writing like a sketch fest of Room Twenty Eight? No, nah, I think amazing. it'll. It'll. I think it'll. You be have to just, clone yourself in there and get. I think it'll fillings. be a repeat of the same hour over and over. I don't know. It'd be like new. We would content. do Fairy Talento on the hour, yeah. every hour. That's like our go-to sketch. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, maybe like one in bilingual, <laughs> more bilingual than the other one. We'll but we're doing uh, the same sketch, but now we're gonna switch up the cast. <laughs> Woo! Exactly. So spend the weekend with us, October fifth and sixth. I mean, you don't have to go to both days, but come check us out, and um, it should be fun. We don't even know what we're gonna do yet, so that should be a fun show. And also, shout out, Rachel mentioned it before, Somos Health. Mm. Yeah. It's a nonprofit. We're doing. Uh, uh, we did a web series for them, a really funny web series, where you're gonna learn and laugh. That's wow, how we that's do. A great combination, Ooh, that's bro. Good. That's how we do. It's healthy. Learn and it's a healthy laugh. Healthy, healthy laugh. Yeah. Um, so that is going to be um, dropping soon. We don't know exactly when, but it could be any. Could Follow be any. us at Room Twenty Eight Comedy on yeah, all the socials, and you'll see it you'll when see it drops. All that info. Okay, and that's it. And uh, Jay Ferns at Instagram. Yay! You had a busy summer with your writing and your shooting. I was with shooting. You. Oh, shooting video. Yeah. Not not shooting. Yeah, I'm know. from the Heights, but it's not, not like we don't, don't want to talk about that. I don't know what to do on the weekends. Do you? That side of Jamie. <laughs> All right, it's my turn. Like always, much love to Yero.com, the news and lifestyle platform for Latino men. This week, they've interviewed actor turned filmmaker Armando Riesco about his debut film, Seneca, his inspiration, and what it's like to rebuild after storms at home and in Puerto Rico. So visit Yero.com for the whole story. I've got some shows, people. Want to talk about them? Here it goes. All right. Now I'm sounding like you going through puberty. I hear it. It sounds crazy. Um, September 21st, I'm going to be part of the pop show hosted by Z-Way, our friend Z-Way Famudo. I've been to one of those shows. They're amazing. I cannot wait. Z-Way is a writer on the Jesus and Meryl show, so shout out to her. She has a pop show at Union Hall in Brooklyn. It'll be at 7 o'clock. Get your tickets at unionhallny.com. Um, we're going to be doing a great performance. The girls from now known as Hilarious, The Hilarious Show. Yup, there's been a name change from Comedy Derailed to The Hilarious Show. Um, I'm going to talk about that in a second. You're like the Puff Daddy of uh, Sketch I know. Just keep changing your name. Yeah. Give me the nah, keys to the studio. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yo, I'm just the eighth show this year. <laughs> I'll talk about it real quick. I just feel like Comedy Derailed worked and like audibly I explained to people as I hosted from the stage what it meant because I just wanted to derail comedy a little bit just because it's so male dominated and we women needed to, you know, we need to elevate ourselves. But I feel like now it's more of just the hilarious show and you get what it is just by the title, right? Like the hilarious show. Mm -hmm. All women. Written, oh, directed, mm. sketches, and that's happening. Hold your horses. We're going in chronological order. So that's September 21st, Union Hall, the pop show. And then September 25th, I'll be part of Scrapped as an actor puppet. Jamie just did the show as a writer. Yeah. So September 25th at the People's Improv Theater at 8 p.m. Shout out to Sarah Ann Houghton, who's a producer of that show, also a female in Hilarious. <laughs> so speaking of hilarious, it's coming up October 12th at the Triad Theater. Two shows, 9 and 10.30. We're going late this time, you guys. You know what happens I got to the late show because I went to the, not that the early show is bad or anything, but 
everyone I knew was, I, I leave the first show, everyone outside that I know waiting to go into the second show. And I was like, damn, I didn't know anybody in the first show. All I'm saying is a bunch of women, 10.30 at night, doing comedy, it's going to get raunchy and crazy. Are people going to strip like two shows ago? I remember Z-Way had everybody stripping, stripping two shows stuff. ago. Oh, wow. So I don't and know. it was guys in the audience yeah. doing it. So As soon as I saw like men's shirts on the stage, I was like, this is a successful show. This is what it I means. I took off my watch, but that's this as far as I stripped. That's as far as I I'm going to take off my shirt. So that's October 12th. You can get tickets now at thehilariousshow.eventbrite.com. Follow me at Rachel La Loca. I'll be posting a lot of stuff. We're starting rehearsals tomorrow. Ooh. So I'm so excited. I will unveil the lineup next week on next week's episode. All Ooh, I'm saying exclusive. is it's going to blow you away. You better be seated when I unveil that lineup. And that's all I'm saying. Follow me at Rachel La Loca. Don't, unders don't undersell it. Don't, don't undersell it. No, no. This one <laughs> is, I was like, okay, so no one's going to say no. Everyone's just going to say yes. Everyone said yes. It was just such a good feeling. When these women come together and we do what we do, it's magical. That's the only way. It's like a box of Lucky Charms. It's just magically delicious. October 12th, get your tickets. All right, that's the end of the commercial. That's the end of the episode. Thank you to Angie Cruz. Yes. Thank you to our crews here because our well, crews. Thank you to the, the Equipitos. <laughs> yeah. Our, our Equipito, you know, repping hard. <laughs> yeah. It was nice to be off for a few weeks, but it's even better to be back. So we love you guys. Leave us reviews. Send us an email. We are Latinos out loud at gmail.com. We have a website all of a sudden. Hello. Woo! Summertime gave us a website, you guys. So go to wearelatinosoutloud.com. Check it out. Sign up for our <clears throat> newsletter. Oh too much, too much. We have a newsletter. It feels so good to say. Yeah, and we're going to have a Patreon, too. What? Jesus. I can't handle it. My head's going to blow up. That's it. We out. Oye, mijo, ¿qué show es ese que están escuchando? Tremenda vaina. Hola amigos y bienvenidos a Tremenda Vaina, el show donde escuchas cuatro historias que desafían la realidad. De las cuatro, solamente una es mentira. ¿Cuál será? Nos puedes encontrar en tu plataforma favorita. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Suscríbete hoy. Y esto es Tremenda Vaina. Tremenda Vaina. There have never been more options for your next vehicle, but the right choice has never been clearer. That's because Toyota has a high-performing hybrid built for your exact needs, like the stylish all-new Camry XSE Hybrid and Venza, the spacious Highlander and all-new Sienna with more cargo space, and the fuel-efficient and high-performing RAV4 Hybrid. Toyota hybrids save you time and money, filling up less often at the gas station. And of course, all with 10-year, 150,000-mile warranty on new models. Take the next step. Visit Toyota. Toyota.com slash hybrid or your local Toyota dealership to learn more.